This is Comedy Forecast, episode 537. Match wits with Detective Hart. The Comedy Forecast Network. Let's dog ear this for now. The fifth annual Comedy Forecast April Podcast Today Spectacular is sponsored by its Patreon patrons. Thank you. If you'd like to become a patron for as little as a dollar and receive episodes before everyone else, visit patreon.com slash comedy forecast, all one word with the number four, or click on the Patreon link on the Comedy Forecast homepage. Now, on with the show. Hart, Detective Hart, two A's, two T's, spell it right, say it right. I'm a detective and, oh, it's you again. Back for more detective training, huh? Well, this isn't some sort of crime buster buffet where you can slide up and pick and choose the smarts you need to have if you want to become a detective. No way. So take off that lobster bib and let's get down to brass tacks. That's right, there's brass tacks at this buffet. Okay, maybe not, but you get my point. We've already covered a few scenarios where I was called in on a case, but sometimes, if you're lucky, a horrible crime will just come your way. And when that happens, you have to think on your feet, even if you're sitting down. So stand up, quick! Maybe put some of those brass tacks on your chair. Use what you've got! Now, Let's get to the first example. In this case, that I'd like to call the first case we're going to discuss today, I was walking down the street when an elderly woman came up to me and said she had just been robbed. I wasn't quite sure why she singled me out to share this news. Some people might say it was because I was wearing a I'm a private detective baseball cap, but I'm not buying it. I mean, I I did buy it, I had a 20% off coupon, and you just can't pass up a deal like that. But that's not the point. Let's get back to the story. The woman said that the suspect was a male, about six feet tall with a heavy frame, wearing glasses, a hat, a coat, and he had a mustache. (laughs) Your typical lowlife. She pointed toward the Midling Fair protein-free cafe, saying she saw him headed in that direction. I told the woman not to worry. I'd apprehend the criminal. Sure, I could have had her come along to ID the perp, but that would have been doing things the easy way. And if there's one thing a detective never does, is to do things the easy way. For instance, I butter my toast on the bottom while it's still on the plate. I headed over to the cafe. Outside the door, I spotted a few items randomly scattered on the ground. A coat, a hat, and some glasses. They were identical to the ones the woman had described. Hmm, suspicious indeed. Inside, there were four individuals, as well as the waitress and the cook. I decided to concentrate on the four patrons because I go to that cafe a lot and I didn't want to tick off the staff. The first guy, one Jasper Meeks, fit the general description. He had a hat and glasses, but no coat, and no mustache. I moved on to suspect number two, Ronaldo Crespo. 
He also was around six feet tall with a heavy frame. He had a coat, but lacked glasses, a hat, and a mustache. Aldridge Grimm, who I referred to as suspect number three, because that's the way my mind works, had no hat, glasses, coat, or mustache. Interesting. And my last suspect, Parson J. Persons, had glasses and a mustache, but no hat or coat. I knew instantly who the culprit was, but can you figure it out? I'll give you all the time you need. Eight seconds. Time's up. Did you figure it out? Based on all the evidence, I knew immediately that the suspect had clearly vaporized right in front of the cafe, leaving only his hat, coat, and glasses. It doesn't happen often, but I'm guessing that's just because it's uncommon. Of course, the police had their own ideas. They claimed that it was Eldridge Grimm. He didn't have a hat, coat, or glasses, and probably took off his false mustache, they said. A theory they claimed was substantiated by finding a mustache in his pocket. Well, maybe that was just an emergency mustache. Remember, you have to think outside the box, even if you're in a boxcar. That's just the way it works. Let's move on to the second case. A detective has to be good at solving puzzles. That's why I sit down every Sunday to do the New York Times crossword puzzle. I've made several, but they've never published any of them. Weird. I bring this up because I'm bitter, and also because this next case is one that requires problem-solving skills. I was taking a walk through Midling Fair's bird sanctuary and eight-track tape refuge when I came across a father and his two kids. They were there for a picnic. They brought a canoe that they were going to use to cross the river to get to a very scenic spot on Grimby Island. But there was a problem. The canoe the dad brought was tiny. It could hold either one adult or two kids. They couldn't figure out how they were going to get across the river. Using my detective skills, I was able to figure out a solution immediately. But I'll give you 60 seconds. Minus 54 seconds. Go! Pencils down. And by the way, kudos to you for bringing a pencil with you. Did you figure out how to solve this puzzling puzzler of a puzzle? It's easy. I made a citizen's arrest. It's illegal to bring a canoe into a bird sanctuary. The rules clearly state that you can only bring in, quote, launches, kayaks, ETC, which obviously stands for eccentric tycoon catamaran. Sir, what kind of example are you setting for your kids? For some reason, the authorities let them go. Sometimes a detective has to accept the fact that the rules don't apply to some people. Just like one-size-fits-all shoes don't work for everybody. But on to our last crime-stopping stumper. A detective always has to be in the right place at the right time. So get a watch! And not one of those smart watches. What makes them think they're so smart? They're stuck on someone's wrist, whether they like it or not. But back to the example. On this day, I happened to almost be in the right place. 
I was walking near a construction site when I heard a loud bang. Not a bang from a gun, it was more of a thud. Not a big thud, like someone dropped a 10-ton weight on a Martian. No, it was a small thud. Well, not that small, it was, you know what, you had to be there, let's move on. I rushed over to the scene. There was a construction worker, dead. So, more of an ex-construction worker, I suppose. Anyway, the only witness to what happened was her fellow worker, one Nikki Martin. The woman explained that her former co-worker, Elna Monroe, was complaining about poor construction of the roof. When Elna looked straight up at the roof, a beam gave way and struck her on the head. Sounds like Elna was right. Or was she? Can you tell if Nikki Martin was telling the truth? I'll give you 11.25 seconds because I'm feeling generous. Did you figure it out? Everything checked out as far as I was concerned. The building did look pretty terrible. A few moments after I solved the case, the police arrived and arrested Ms. Martin. They claimed that if Monroe was looking up, the beam would have hit her in the face, not the top of the head. I begged to differ, saying the building might have thrown what is known in baseball as a curve beam. Like I said, sometimes a detective has to think outside the box. How did you do on the test? Don't worry, even I mess up every once in a while. By the way, you wouldn't happen to be interested in buying my share of a Minnesota banana farm, would you? Yeah, I didn't think so. Well, come back again sometime and we'll match wits again. In the meantime, Keep your nose to the grindstone, your ear to the ground, and your eye on the ball. I know it sounds uncomfortable, but do it! If you want to be a detective like me. Remember, you can support Comedy Forecast for as little as a dollar and receive episodes before everyone else. Visit patreon.com slash comedy forecast, all one word, with the number four. Thank you! As always, this is Sir Patrick Stewart. And I'm Clinton. Saying, that's, that's it. it. We're, We're done, 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 done. Bye-bye.